It's time to get on the ice. Music City Gold is on the air. With Kyle Hancock, Daniel Mangrum, and Matt Bain. We are Smashville's best fan-driven podcast. Featuring news around the league, the Predators, and the occasional hot take or two. Part of the Penalty Box Radio Network. You're listening to Music City Gold. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Music City Gold on the Penalty Box Radio Network. I'm Kyle. With me, as always, are my co-hosts, Daniel and Matt. Hello. Hey, you guys. Boys, we are back. Hockey is back. The show is back. It feels a normal January for once. 56 games of pure enjoyment are about to ensue. And on top of it, there is not going to be a single day without hockey in the next couple months. It's 116 straight days of hockey. It's fantastic. We've had cast streams up. We have been watching hockey nonstop. So glad it is back in our lives, and it has been really fun just to, you know, just start talking about hockey again. Somebody asked me earlier, were we going to do the show for the 56 games? I was like, yes. I said, we're going to probably be overlapping some game nights because it's just so much hockey. During the regular 82-game season of last year, there were several nights where, yeah, we might have a show or two that was during the middle of the game, but I'm like, there is no way we're going to probably end up recording a game on an off night unless you have something like tonight where the Carolina Preds game was canceled, or I should say postponed because some of the Carolina players tested positive for COVID. So unless we have nights like this, guys, hockey's going to be nonstop, like you said. Yeah, just looking at the schedule, there are so many back-to-backs, and I've already actually heard some really positive reviews from around the league uh, for these back-to-back, essentially facing the same team, kind of builds a little bit of anxiety and a little bit of angst against that other team. So uh, I've seen some really feisty games uh, here recently. I was actually watching uh, the Hurricanes Red Wings game at one point. I was watching, um, oh man, uh, the Kings and uh, Wild. That was a a great game the other night. So you can see that teams are definitely chippier knowing that, hey, tomorrow night we have to face right again. Uh, And it is going to cause for some really good rivalries with these interdivision matchups. I mean, you're talking about literally Team Canada division up here. I, I mean, so I'm really looking forward to some of the storylines and some of the rivalries that are going to be formed and reformed this year um, through these divisional changes. Yeah, I don't know how you know the players feel about it yet. It's still early. We're only like three games in. But as far as a fan perspective... This is the highlight of the season. There, This is incredible. This is awesome. Marquee matchups like eight or nine times in one season. An all-Canada division. Like This just does not get any better. This is true fanboy here. Uh, this is just great hockey, especially after such a long break. This is, is quite exciting to get the juices flowing here to start the season. One of the things I love is I was looking on Reddit when they were talking about the upcoming season, and it's like you can tell that the other three divisions outside of Canada are like, yeah, we're really liking us, but somebody said the Canada division is the most toxic thing to hit their country, <laughs> and they are here for it. They're like, it's going to be a glorious bloodbath night after night. Yeah, I heard the opening night in Canada was the highest viewership for opening night in like 20 or 30 years or it something. It has to be. Yeah. I, I mean, you know that the news reporters up there are just eating this up. I mean, le- let's just take a look at some of the, the realignment really quick before we get into some of our other show notes here. So the North, as they're calling it, the the true North Star is going to be Calgary, Edmonton, Montreal, Ottawa, Toronto, Vancouver, and Winnipeg. Sign me up already. Yeah. I, I, I mean, you know that's going to be good. There's been some bloodbaths over the last couple of seasons for some of these series, so I cannot wait to see goalies going at it again. You know, I mean, who knows if they're going to allow all the fighting and whatnot with COVID, but here's the deal. I'm super excited for this division, and I've already seen some great matchups already come through this. And the Oilers are kind of coming out flat, too, which is shocking. Everyone picked them number one in this division. I'd like to think that Ottawa wins the division this year. (laughs) No. You know, it's kind of the hot button right now, actually. A lot of people... Or not a lot of people, but people are saying that there's going to be some surprise. Ottawa's going to be the surprise team this year. I, I would agree with you, Kyle. That's that's a very interesting take right there. So in the West, you've got Anaheim, Arizona, Colorado, Los Angeles, Minnesota, San Jose, St. Louis, and Vegas. And they basically took that Central Division and they split it. 
And so what do you think about the teams on this teams that we would normally play that we're not going to see all season? I think for me, I, I was a little disappointed. Uh, well, obviously, logistically, it makes sense for Colorado to be in the West already. Like, honestly, they're they're so far over. Correct me up. San Jose, you could have, or uh, sorry, St. Louis, you could have possibly pulled into the Central. Uh, there were some toss-ups, but I really would have loved to have seen some old-school Colorado Red Wings games for yeah. those fights, you know, kind of reunite them. Um, but other than that, I mean, that's going to be a solid division. Obviously, if you're looking at your front-runners, Vegas is more than likely a front-runner, yeah, and definitely. also Colorado. You have you have some really strong teams in that division. Um, just off the top of your head, you're, you're probably looking at Vegas, Colorado, St. Louis, and the, the one, two, three positions with arguably... Colorado and Vegas swapping. I mean, that's, yeah. this goes into the postseason last year. Both those two teams are high flying. I think. I think Colorado hung up eight on the Blues the second second night out. So, oh yeah, oh, it's, that was, it's, that was it was a bloodbath. That um, was rough. So it, it that division is going to be really fun. Uh, I think it's going to be a long year for some of them in there. Um, mostly the Ducks <laughs> and the Kings. So uh, good luck bottom feeding down there and the Coyotes. They're pretty much going to be the whipping boys hey, to that baby, division. Phil Kessel has three goals yeah, already for yeah, them. So Hot Dog Phil is producing. Now, I don't think the rest of the team's going to produce, but let me tell you, Phil's been eating them hot dogs and he's doing great things over there. So, um, yeah, that's going to be a fun division. But uh, To me, the West, it kind of makes sense. So yes. if you want to swap over to the Central, the next one, Central has Carolina, Chicago, Columbus, Dallas, Detroit, Florida, Nashville, and Tampa Bay. Now, this one, the Central is a little bit more interesting to me. I can see this one as being mixed up. I really love the addition of Carolina in the Central. Carolina is a team I'm rooting for this year hard. What I saw from them, loved it. We we loved them in the playoffs last year. We were very high on them. So, um, it made sense, though, to kind of absorb the Florida teams and the Carolina into the Central. That that being said, it's going to be awkward to to see Tampa Bay in the Central, and they're really going to uh, mess with the... Yeah, the standings of what you usually see typically in the central. It's Tampa's probably the front runner here. It's a huge shit. It's, yeah, it's a it's a huge. I would say disruptor for for what you're used to seeing in the central. Carolina slots in fine, but Tampa Bay really is going to cause some uh, consternation for the central. But guys, you forgot all about Florida. Yeah, no one cares. Uh, no yeah, one cares. are they on this <laughs> list? Are they still a team? Oh wait, yeah. did we mention them? Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, and not to mention, uh, let me. Hey, just... you saw their COVID fan numbers are about the same as last yeah. year. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, it's and uh, Florida. Let me just throw this out here while I got it pulled up. They Keith Yandel has the current Ironman streak. I forget exactly what it is. It's over six hundred games. The current Ironman streak. He his salary cap hit is over six million dollars a year. And Joe Quenville was going to scratch him the first game. He was he was slated to be scratched. NHL.com uh, did an article about it. He's the active leader for Ironman and the fourth longest Ironman streak of all time. And they were going to sit him just because he fell out of favor with the team, supposedly. So I guess there was a lot of hype about it. And they ended up letting him <laughs> letting him play. I think he scored a goal. And uh, like, come on, man, the guy is a veteran hockey player and you don't really have a reason to scratch him. So yeah, that's kind of the reason why. Have you seen your team? Like that's that's why Florida's (laughs) not anybody's map because like, give me a break, Florida. I mean, I'm sitting here thinking who else besides Keith Yandel is on the uh, Panthers? Yeah, bro. I don't even know. Like they were saying, well, who do they, uh, goalie that they spent 10 million a year on. Bobrovsky. Bobrovsky. Yeah. Okay. Let's spend 10 million a year on him and then he's not going to pan out. So, but congrats on great salary cap usage. The good news is our classic Detroit is back in the central and that's a throwback two years ago. And, uh, I just missed Colorado in there. Yeah. That's that's my one regret for these, but it makes sense though. Like I said, logistically it makes sense, less travel. But now this year, because Detroit's in the middle there in the middle of the mix, I get to, we get to focus on them a little bit more. Usually, you know, I'm a Detroit fanboy and you guys, you know, don't care because they're not from around here. Well, now that they're in the central, they'll be playing the, they'll be playing the Predators. We're going to be throwing them in the mix more. So they're going to be more of a focal point than usual. And I think that's going to, uh, I'm going to love it actually, personally. Yeah, you're going to like that. So. They've played decent they, so yeah, far. They play pretty good. Bobby Ryan has like three Z- goals, Zadina, I think. he's been really good. Like really good on his game. Besides so. the fact that we had cardboard cutouts of Little Caesars uh, mascots in the arena. And did you have yum on your helmet or, <laughs> or what? Crazy breadsticks or? I, I tell you what. Um, before 
the season started just maybe last week or so, I got I ordered a bunch of hockey stickers from Redbubble.com, and they have all these classic hockey jokes. They've got Phil the Thrill Kessel with his hot dogs and his Stanley Cup. They've got Ovechkin's classic quote saying, we're not going to freaking suck this year. They've got a picture of Marchand crying. And My uh, personal favorite has to be the Michael Jordan. Oh, yes. The so, crying Michael Jordan. Crying Michael Jordan on the Detroit Red Wings logo. <laughs> and they also have one to Detroit that they took their logo and it looks like pizza. The wheel is a pizza with some breadsticks on the side. And I put that on my locker. So my hawker, my uh, locker <laughs> <Your hawker. laughs> is all hockey tatted up. And uh, my locker is the coolest one at work in the workplace. And it's just got me fired up to uh, watch some more hockey. So looking at the Central, uh, I asked earlier on Twitter, I believe earlier this week before our first game, where do you think Nashville was going to fall in the Central Division? And most people have picked Nashville to finish fourth. Which, yeah, if you're that's, following, that's the, about right. If well, you're following the rules for the playoffs this year, you've got to finish fourth or better in your division to make the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. I, I believe your quote was fourth or less. So it, some people could have been voting for five or six, but it only showed up as four. I feel like the four is probably a safe bet. I, I, I'm honestly, I think I forgot who posted it, but the. Yeah, we'll get into this in the Preds talk, but honestly, they've come out a little hotter than I anticipated. I, I just wouldn't be so, surprised to see five would not surprise me, but... Yeah, we'll, we'll get into our um, predictions for the Central uh, coming up later in the show, but let, let's quickly go to the East, because let me tell you, <laughs> you're going to get some prime A... the powerhouse right here. Um, ...matchups as far as O.V. Crosby. Did you want to see that a couple more times a year? Oh, well, guess yeah. what? You're going to get it, like... Almost every other week. It's fantastic. Like, this division is going to be very interesting. Um, who knows who's going to come out on top? I would say Washington's probably a front runner. Philly's looking very strong. Boston's kind of stumbled out Boston the gate. Boston does not uh, have an yeah. even strength goal to start the it's, season. It's been in three games for them. It's been slow. It's so slow after no goals from either team in the third period the other night. I had to change the channel and watch a different game because I yeah. was bored. To- so, uh, I, I'm very... I'm very shocked at them because didn't uh, wasn't a uh, New Jersey beat them the other night, and I'm like, yeah. New Jersey's in the basement as far as I'm concerned. So it's uh, that's where people go to die, like PK Subban and engagements for him and everything. <laughs> it's been so bad for them. Like so uh, anyway, yeah, it's that's going to be quite the interesting division to watch. Um, and Basically, we'll see where some of these top dogs finish. I feel like Boston's going to get knocked down a little bit this year. And I'll have to, I'll have to, I agree with that. For opening night, I'll have to mention this. You know what got me juiced up for the East? The East is going to be the powerhouse this year, but opening night, I got to see Sidney Crosby. Some goalie was behind the net and misplayed the puck. He shot it in the middle uh, of the ice there. And Sidney Crosby turns around, bats the puck out of midair, and, just and then it. just flicks it on his backhand like it doesn't he can't even get two hands on the stick he was he was skating away from the puck and kind of slapped at it with a stick got elevation on the puck and got a goal one of the most it was heart it was one of the most veteran high iq plays high skill i i told the guys the other day that's going to be my top five all year i don't care there is not night you just one. cannot top yeah. that that was so good and that just again that was opening night that's how high the expectations are this year it's going to be awesome. It was against uh, Young Hart in goaltender against that's Philly right, that's because right. we, were talking we were just about, talking about Hart. Because we were talking about can he basically continue his just prolific postseason performance into the regular season this year, which kind of looks like he has slacked off a little bit. So Philly, I'm not as high on Philly this year. So we'll see. It, it, it's going to be a very interesting year with all these back to backs, and we'll we'll dig into more of the nitty gritty. Uh, once we get into the some of the Preds action here. But uh, Kyle, what were you going to say? It looks like we have a couple retirements going into the 2021 season. Who would have thought that Corey Crawford would be retiring before the season started? Yeah. Didn't see that coming. I don't know. Uh, it's obviously 2020, strange year. So people have been kind of taking a step back and putting stuff in perspective. But that was one that I did not foresee for sure. On I think he only played 10 seasons, wasn't it? Yeah, he had 10 seasons with 488 regular season games. But look, the man pretty much has a distinguished hockey career. Yeah. He's got several, you know, Stanley Cups underneath his belt. He's good. Yeah, I mean, it's a weird year. I It wouldn't surprise me just how last year in the playoffs, 
how it was a player option if you wanted to opt into the playoffs and go into the bubble. And it, it really doesn't surprise me that some players just aren't really willing to go with all this extra protocol this year. And it's it's just a good time to exit if you're on the fence. So you got Colin Wilson also exited. And Ryan Callahan was the right before the new year started. Those are the three that have basically the most recent outside of Chris Thorborn and Joel Ward earlier in yeah, 2020. Joel Ward. Uh, now, out of these, I wasn't as shocked as much as Colin Wilson. Uh, that one was a little earlier than I thought. He'd only played 11 NHL seasons. Uh, I think we were up to, what, 632 games for him? Um, a little shocking. Playoff Wilson is gone. It's the end of an era if you're a Preds fan. Um, I know they did a little appreciation post for him, which was kind of nice. Um, but apparently he was really suffering from o- uh, OCD. Or CDO, as some people call it, I think. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was one of those things that it's actually, like, really debilitating for him. Like, it's not like, you know, like, only certain things are out of place and it only, like, minorly affects him. So, uh, that was kind of sad to see because it, it felt like he probably had a couple more years in him. Um, so, we've seen a couple players here recently with either, like, diseases or some sort of mental thing that, ends up taking them away from us a little sooner than we would like. Uh, I think it was, who was it? Hosa had the, the skin yeah, disorder. Yes. So it's one of it, my favorite players. Yeah, it, it, I don't know. It's very sad to see when stuff like this happens. It seems like Colin kind of took a step back and made the right decision for him, you know, and then I'm sure he well, can get more help yeah. too with his, at least OCD. he's going out healthy and it's not like a career ending injury that like debilitates his life to the fact that he, you know, can't move or walk or get some kind of severe spine injury. Yeah, yeah. So it's all right. You never want to see players leave the game, but, uh, you know, the man's probably sitting pretty. He's made millions of dollars. He can probably he's live a, a comfortable retirement life, you know, retiring. He's probably what, not even 30 years old. You can retire when you're 30. That's, that's a pretty good life, man. Well, the other question I have, uh, considering what we're talking about is, what about Henrik Lundqvist? He had oh, open heart surgery. Dude, don't even get me started because he's one of my favorites all time. Literally one of my favorites all time. And that's going to be difficult to see because I, as soon as they announced that, I, I looked at Kyle and I said, it would not surprise me if he hangs him up oh, yeah, he's, after this year, he's especially after getting dumped. He literally got traded to the Capitals. I'm going to get so mad at this because like, I, I mean, once again, it has not been a secret that Matt and I get kind of upset when you're on the last year of like probably your playing season and then you get dealt to another team and then you have to retire with whatever, whatever. And I understand the logistics behind it with the salary cap, but that hurts so bad because he, he's on his last year. He's been a ranger his entire life. He gets dealt to the capitals and now he has an open heart problem that just basically popped up and he had to have surgery for it. I would not be surprised if he actually does hang them up here pretty soon, and that's gonna that's gonna hurt because yeah, man, it, that he's incredible. He is one of the greats that is not gonna win a cup, and that is so sad for me. Like he he's come very close, but not being able to hoist the trophy, especially in his very distinguished career with the amount of wins he's had. Oh, that yeah. that that's that's gonna be a tough pill for me to swallow when that time comes. So we'll go ahead and we'll move on to the taxi squad rules and the new offside rule, which Daniel, as you were saying about tough pills to swallow, a lot of Preds fans will probably have a tough pill to swallow with the new offside rule because they changed it. And if that rule change had been in the 2017 Stanley Cup finals, there's a very good possibility that the Preds would have been the Stanley Cup champions and not the Penguins. Yeah. Uh, You know, they just change it just for the Penguins every couple of years. You know, it'll go for them one year and then (laughs) next year it'll swing back. (laughs) I'm not surprised. No, it... It, that is a little a little salt in the wound, but uh, very interesting on that offside rule. Can you actually read the exact <laughs> verbiage now on the the call for it because it has changed slightly? A player is on side when either of his skates are in contact with the blue line or on his own side of the line at the instant the puck completely crosses the leading edge of the blue line. So basically, now as long as your skate is in the plane of the blue line, you're not offsides. Yeah, it's that starting the season, a player's skate will not have to be in contact yeah. with the blue line to be considered onside. The plane <laughs> means the players will no longer have to drag their skates along the ice, uh, basically in their attacking zone. And it could help reduce the coaches' challenges, which I think they were trying to cut down on that this year. Oh, yeah, there were um, so many offside challenges last year yeah. just for goals that, you know, 
I agree with them. They need a little more contact for it, but I know they don't make mid-season rule changes, but you gotta know for probably the first week they're like, crap, this is gonna be so much of a headache. Yeah, it's it's not a surprise to anybody that the offside rule is the most like hated. It causes the most grief amongst players and fans. Both it's controversial. Nobody knows we gotta get in the microscope and look in high def to see if he had his blade touching the ice or was it just hovering? Was he taking a step? So I don't know how much impact this will have as far as correcting it, but I'm very happy to see that at least we're making some effort to try to fix it. I mean, like I said earlier, we also have the taxi squad, which if you have not been keeping up, um, every team usually has a 23-player roster, and their salary cap did not change, so it's $81.5 million this year. But now for this season, each team is going to be allowed to carry between four to six additional players that's on their taxi squad. So these players are going to practice with the team. They're going to travel as well, potentially. And if they're on a two-way deal, they're going to make their full minor league salary unless they're activated to the NHL roster. And in terms of the salary context, their contract basically is treated as an AHL player's contract, which is buried in the buried in the roster. So this is something I'm not too familiar about. This is essentially letting them have some an, a pool of AHL players, but keeping them in like a bubble with the team. That way they can get called up and not have to go through uh, a problem getting protocoled in with quarantine and such, I take it. Yep, and it changes all the time. So yeah. like the Preds, Taxi squad in the last three days has changed every day. Yeah, they've been kind of calling people in, calling up. And then the good news is they're still able to practice with the team. So say you do have some COVID scares or, you know, possible one or two people out, then you immediately have that pool to pull from. And they've been kind of in your system. So it's right. it's less of an impact. They're trying to basically, you know, like before, if this were going on and you had to call up a bunch of AHLers, it would have really hurt. Where now, you know, they've at least been around your system and traveling with the team. So uh, very interesting to see how this is going to get utilized. I feel like after this loss too, it, this is a great opportunity to start like basically picking some of these players and then sliding them into our bottom six to kind of like tinker. Uh, I, I think it's going to give coaches a lot of flexibility this year uh, to basically rework those bottom six roster slots. So it, it's going to be really cool to see how that's utilized by Coach Hines. The current Preds taxi squad is uh, left defenseman Ben Harper, uh, goalie Connor Ingram, which I did not know, but all the teams are required to carry three goalies. So you'll have two mains and then one in your taxi squad. Um, left wing Cole Smith and Matt, your boy, left wing Ely Tolvanen. And the question I have is, are we going to see this guy play at all this season? Yeah, I, I think we do see him. And especially after the loss last night, our power play's only been at 9%. We only scored one goal on it it's it's come out very slow this year uh, i mean the the best part's been our pk honestly but out outside that i could see them you know pulling him in especially after some uh subpar performances in the last two games with some of our bottom six so once again it's going to be very interesting to see how they utilize all these extra players and honestly we only have four you can actually have up to i believe six players Correct. so once again What's going to happen is probably uh, Granlin, as soon as he gets out of the quarantine protocol from coming over from Finland, he slots in as a actual rostered player. So one of your roster players drops down. So you could look at like Matthew Oliver will probably join back into the, the taxi squad. And then they still have one space, which I'm, uh, I'm not 100%, but I want to say that they're trying to save that one for Tomasino. Um, because he also had to come back and he had to go through the protocol and the quarantine as well. And then he's also been technically assigned to the AHL team in Chicago. Uh, it's not the Admirals this year for everyone who did not know that. Yeah, the Admirals so. <laughs> said they weren't going to be able to uh, play because of the financial concerns and stuff like that. So they simply said, we're just not going to play. And so the Preds and the Hurricanes struck a deal to use uh, AHL Chicago. Yeah, so once again, I... I, I I could see more benefit of Tomasino coming back up and then like traveling and playing, you know, and practicing in our system, considering that there's going to be two teams splitting one AHL team at this point. So there's an argument. It's like, is there, are they going to have a lot of play time? You know what I mean? Down in the AHL. So honestly, I'm very happy that the taxi system does exist this year because it is going to give players that might not have as much ice time in the AHL that opportunity to get those reps in on the NHL level. Um, 
we'll we'll see though. I I, I feel like Tolvanen's cracking the the bottom six at least this year. I'd, uh, I'd I, like to see it. For I once. mean, he's twenty one I mean, too. I, I mean, I do have to put that in perspective. Like considering the other taxi squad members are two to three years older and they still haven't made the team. Tolvanen is definitely the youngest one to make the taxi squad. So he's obviously on course to be a starter. And even everything that Coach Hines said in training camp was like, yes, he's developed really well. He's been much better five on five. And obviously his upside on the power play is clearly evident. He scored on the power play in, in our scrimmages. So it's, it's one of those that's like, you do see the benefit of him there, but they want to make sure that it is a good slot on, you know, just for five on five hockey as well. So. So in addition to the taxi squad, we also have a few new Preds players that are playing for our team for the first time and open night roster look very different than what we're used to seeing. David Pohl, you know, pulled the trigger this offseason and made a lot of changes. Yeah, uh, I'm not going to lie. The bottom third pair, it's been great. Oh, I haven't had to worry about not at all pushing Weber or Irwin. Just cast them into the sun. They they basically just got thrown into the into the sun where we were actually wanting to send them. Uh, I mean, Weber even showed up for his professional <laughs> tryout and he didn't even make it. So been very interesting to see how they handled the the bottom pair this year, which I think defensively that was a huge step up adding um, Mark and Matthew Benning. Uh, so uh, cannot be any happier with those uh, with those acquisitions. Now, some of the funnier ones or some of the more controversial ones, I guess you could say with this, would be adding Luke Cunning and Nick Cousins. So these were kind of some late signings, but boy, let me tell you, they, they seem to be working out pretty well right now. Oh, yeah. Like, I love how Cousins plays. Uh, Luke got a goal the other night. He's gotten two goals. He's had a goal in the first two games. Uh, he's been very scrappy. He looks to be playing very well with Matt Duchesne and uh, Holla. Honestly, has been really good, yeah. too. I, I'm I'm very shocked. The, the acquisitions that we made this year have been very good and very present, I might add you. Like, like shockingly there, like where some of the other key cornerstones in our organization have yet to show up very much. Um, so yeah, yeah. I mean, Poyle has to be very excited with, with Luke Cunning right now. Yeah. I'd have to say this is a good look. So, you know, for a couple of years, we were wondering if these people, if, you know, if, is Duchesne going to prosper? Is Tourist going to prosper? Is Granlin going to do this? We kind of had a couple of good talents that really haven't blossomed. So we, they made a lot of moves in the off season. And the really optimistic part is, okay, so you're seeing these new guys come. You've got Hala, you've got Kunin, you've got some of these guys coming in and they're actually seeming to be looking promising. They're doing a good job. And that's what you want to see as you slot in new guys in the roster. You want to see progress being made. And I think as a Preds fan, that that is exciting. And from the front office standpoint, that's what you want to do. You want to make moves to have success. And especially with young talent, this is the way to go. Yeah, and they're uh, much... Smaller cap hit too. I oh yeah, it. for sure. That's that's the thing is like they're producing. You know, obviously the the tourist buyout did hurt, and we will still retain some of that for several years. But at the same time, being able to do that freed up the cap space, and we were able to get a bottom third pair that look great right now. Like we, I don't feel like we're going to get torched on the bottom third pair now. You know, and yeah. for our defense, and then also like adding Luke Cunning, he was only at we're sitting at two point three million for him, so. Uh, Eric Hall is at 1.75 million right now. So these are all great additions that were, quite frankly, bargains in my opinion. Yeah, uh, I love to see for, getting value players. Yeah, for for what we're doing, and on top of it too, the Preds are one of the better teams as far as projected cap space right now. We actually have 3.6 million sitting open right now, which is fairly good. Um, so it it, it is. It was very interesting to see how Poyle handled that this year. Even with the buyout and stuff, he was able to cut, kind of cut back the fact and then was still able to get some results out of the gate here. I mean, Preds won two out of three. Probably didn't expect that coming out, you know, honestly, with how many roster moves we've had. You've had all these new faces. Yeah. You're not going to have a lot of chemistry. Like, the fact that they're two and three and they played Columbus and Carolina, which are decent teams in our division, you know, like, I'm saying that's pretty good. You know, like... Uh, you have to be very excited with that. Um, so yeah, it's it, it. They've been great additions so far, um, but we'll see kind of where the lineup 
hits here in the next couple weeks with Granlin coming back because Granlin will probably slot on the second line back with Duchesne. So does that mean Hala drops down or Luke Cunning? I, I think Luke stays on the second line. Honestly, he, he he's looked fantastic. So it's like we'll, we'll kind of see how they do the line shuffling over the next couple of games. Um, they have a little time off now. So <laughs> I'm good. really curious about Granlin though because. We all know that he was um, he was coming up on a contract this coming year, and he decided to test the waters in free agency, and nobody picked him up. And yeah, he ends up coming back to the Preds on a one-year deal at a much lower rate than he had originally. Yeah, that that was really shocking because considering Granlund still you know was having decent production for the Predators, I mean he came over and was doing all right. I mean it wasn't like it was you know meaningless points that he was putting up, especially towards the end of the season. He had several game winners too, by the way, like OT goals last season. But then he comes back in, slotted it. Now you have to say, okay, it's a 56 game season. So did they take that into account and then reduce his salary accordingly? Whatever. Well, all the other players didn't get that because they already signed the contract. So it kind of hurt him to be a free agent this year and then no one get a bite. And then he has to come back at a $3.75 million uh, contract, which is Honestly, great value for a 60-plus point player per year. So, I mean, you have to be really happy if you're in Nashville to get him back at 3.75. So, now, keeping him long-term, I do not see that happening at all. But the fact that he was able to come back and he's playing with his best friend, cousin, like it, it, it was just a nice, uh, a nice little touch there at the end that they both got signed on the same day. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, $3.75 million. I'm going to take that all day for Granlin and just be happy that he's here for another season. Yeah, I don't know if it's if it's because it's just early in the season and I've liked what I've seen so far. It, there's not much of a sample size to go on, but honestly, I'm feeling more optimistic for the Preds this year than from last year. Yep. And that's a good sign. You want to see that starting off early. So, well, I think a lot of it is you got a couple of things. One, like we said, Poyle blew the team up. Yeah. He made the moves. New coach. This is the first season we're going to have completely John Hines. There's going to be none of this halfway through the season yeah. with Peter Laviolette, and then you come over to John Hines. We're going to actually right. get a full sample. And I honestly think Hines has got a better better feel for these players and how to use them than Laviolette did. And, uh, you know, I believe, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I believe Hines was, wasn't he like a juniors coach or something in junior development? And it's not surprising that you see some of these young players come in and they're starting to slot in his system because that's kind of the way he designs his system around uh, helping young talent mature. Yeah, Poyle said the team's going to get younger this year and it did and it could get even younger with the taxi squad getting injected so if you start pulling in Tolvanen and maybe Tomasino later on you're you're getting real young really quick and I think that's a good thing for the Preds moving forward all the acquisitions were a little younger you still have your veteran you know defensemen and you still got some great leadership on the team as far as like the older group and so far I'm very shocked honestly I'm very shocked at how well they've played the first three games. And, uh, and again, you've seen Forsberg come out and score a goal in the first three games he, again. He looks possessed right yeah. now. Like He looks like he is on his A game because I know last year he was super disappointed. And he he wants to be a franchise, like face of a franchise player too. And like one thing or another happens, like RV being out last year, that actually was a huge part that I was trying to mention to us because RV... Never got back to full strength after getting cross-checked basically into the ice through his neck. Um, so seeing him back to 100% this year, he has definitely provided a nice spark. He's he's back to his normal gritty, you know, like running around the ice self. And that's opened up, it looks like the ice for Forsberg now. And Forsberg is coming out firing BBs. I mean, his wrister this year is looking dangerous. Like... You, the other teams have to be a little scared right now because he is coming out firing BBs and they are like top shelf every time he's picking his spot and he's hitting it every single time. Basically, every time he's had a chance to score this year, he has scored. Yeah, I, I might have to put him, as far as wristers, I might have to put him in the elite category in that he is definitely a showstopper. He's been doing it all though. Like those first two goals, he he basically played defense. He had great poke checks. He just undressed yeah. the defense and then just finishes it. And you're just sitting there like, oh yeah, watching him play every time. Like I said to you guys the other day when, on one of the games that he scored, that he gets the puck, he powers through. He's stronger the, the, the this defense, year. 
and just takes and just takes the goalie and hangs him to dry. It's just like this man literally does it all. He looks stronger this year, like on the puck. Does that make sense? Like yeah. just watching him, he is pushing people off I, of him, yeah. and then like he's getting the space he needs to finish with the wrister. So I don't know what he did in the off season, whatever workout plan he was doing. He's looking good. So it, to me, it's like. You've seen flashes of brilliance, but he's still slightly unsettled. I think this year, I don't know if it's just the mustache. He's got a new like pirate mustache it's, going it's on. It's the mustache. Mario, man. You can see, it's almost like he's developing. Okay, he's this is he's affirmed. This is who I am. I am strong and talented and powerful and a playmaker and all this. And I, it's almost like he's growing into the, the uh, flex of talent you've been able to see. I think you're going to see him being able to produce this on a more consistent basis. Which is a great sign for Nashville. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, if he starts coming out and doing this routinely, like we're in a way better spot. I, I mean, and he looks determined too. Like when he scores a goal, he's he's off of it, and he's like he almost looks mad too. Like I've noticed that too. Like, it's like he's got a chip. On he, his shoulder. He's got a chip on his shoulder this year, and people need to watch out for Forsberg because he's going to be one that sneaks up as far as like you know full on NHL stats. I feel like at the end of the year we might be looking back and saying, "Whoa!" Like Forsberg racked up a lot of goals considering so. Uh, he he's definitely one to watch this year. And what do you guys think about Sarah starting the season off? That was a big change for a lot of people. And from the the Twitter sentiment, a lot of people were okay with it. But there were those few uh, Pecorini hardcore fans that said that was just a blatant sign, disrespect that no, it's his last season, no, and he couldn't start the season off. Well. You know, that sounds juicy, but honestly, I've seen so much backup goalies in the league to start the season that it really doesn't really make me question. I don't know if they're like getting more time to get in the swing of things, but I've seen so many backup goalies. They've had an emergency goalie, uh, you know, a third string goalie come in. I don't know if there's enough meat on the bone there to stake that Soros is the number one guy. I don't think so. Especially this year. So my argument and one of the points I wanted to make, especially in this episode was, Teams that are going to be successful this year are going to have two really good goalies because if you look at the way they have everything scheduled, basically the structure is there's so many back-to-back nights. So that backup goaltender who was only playing half the time is going to play double this year, essentially. Yeah. So if you have a bad backup goalie, you're going to get hosed this year, and you're going to, they're going to find out. You're going to, the teams that have bad backups are going to be exposed this year. And that is actually one of the huge advantages that the Preds have over all the other teams right now. Because honestly, as far as one-two punch combos go in the league, you have to admit Soros and Rene would be the top tier as far as talent and also veteran leadership. Uh, there's not many teams that can say that. I mean, really, like, like, let's be honest. Rene could be the starter or Soros could be the starter. And we have both on their team and they're both under contract and... We can basically sub them in whenever we want. So, I mean, and Soros has come out hot. Like, the numbers are there, too. I mean, he's he's posting a .959 safe percentage right now. And I think, uh, by the way, when I look this up, for the active goaltenders, I think maybe Var, uh, Varlamov might be the only one edging him out because he had two shutouts. But as far as through two games... It was Varlamov and Soros, and he was better than Flurry. I mean, he they have come out really strong this year. Um, so it, it's nice to see the little guy standing stout. Um, Peck obviously had his a little lower percentage, but he's only played once, and he had four hung on him. So, but to be fair, that Carolina game was a track meet. I mean, Columbus was a good get into the game, find your rhythm, and then I felt like Carolina was like the first real sense of how this season's going to probably go. It was fast. I mean, as I said on the broadcast last night, if you made a mistake, the, the puck was in the back of the net. It was just such a fast game to watch. Like, I was joking that Hollow couldn't even really do anything because every time he got on the ice, he was ha- he was spending half his time going one direction and having to turn right around. And uh, I don't know if you guys caught this, but I noticed on the power play, we had, I think it was four power play chances, I noticed the Preds were doing more setting up from around the goal line, coming in at like a counterattack angle from from uh, the zero line on the goal, as opposed to setting up at the point like they've been doing for years and struggling it for years. Better. So it seems that they're retooling it to some actual substance, and I'm very interested to see if that is going to be more fruitful this year. It's at least, like I said, I always love to see change in an attempt to correct the problem. And I've seen that. I've already noticed it already that they seem to have a different strategy going on. I I didn't see it as much in the first two games, but it looked like because we didn't score on the first two games that they started 
implementing that on the third game, and we did end up with one power play goal in that third game. So that is important to know. I, I think that'll be something that is kind of tweaked as the season goes. And if you start adding in people like Tolvanen, who have great you know shots from specific areas, you know, like they're definitely going to want to try to add set pieces and plays that kind of play into some of our talent. You know, like if you know a guy's good in the slot, like Arvidsson, yeah. the other night we got his power play in it. Like there you go. Like you know, like you you have to play into some of their strengths, which I think is something that we didn't do. It was like we had that one system, and it was like cycle, 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 point. Try to get you know it, that's not going to work for us all the time. Um, now that said too, it's funny because like the loss against Carolina, I thought was the Preds' best game of the season so far. There were some unlucky bounces. I mean, literally, who who rings the iron and it comes back for a, a shorthand? Yeah, the like, other way. I mean, it, it was stuff like that. Like, you have, even the Preds players said they felt really good after the Carolina game. Like, you have to be very, very happy as a Preds fan through the first three games. You didn't get three wins. You should have had three wins. But they are looking much hungrier this year. They, here's the deal. They are now an underdog again. And they fit the underdog role better. Well, I think, you know, they fell off the chart a little bit last year. They had these high expectations, you know, had a couple, they had a cup run. You kind of tailor stepped the way down, not being as successful. And last year, they kind of fell off. And I do think kind of how Forsberg has a chip on his shoulder. I think the whole team feels that way. And they are being a little edgier. They're being tenacious like they were four years ago or whatever. Their whole team is starting to have that grit uh, that got them there to begin with. It's almost like a hunger, a thirst for you. You got something to prove now. And that's the, the attitude that helps tem- team chemistry flow and helps get the job done. I do have one question, though, for you, Matt. And we didn't talk about this earlier just because we got really deep in the hockey talk. So I want to circle back to a conversation we had really quick before the episode started. What's up with you watching hockey and riding <laughs> an exercise bike? Oh, yeah, that's right. This is a great All story. Right. All right. You wanted to catch this on air, did you? I did. Okay. I did. Yeah, so I got a bike and a trainer for a app called Zwift, which lets you bicycle indoors in a still, you know, sitting still while you can watch the hockey game. So rather than sit on my couch and be lazy and fat, I said, well, let me get on this exercise bike and I'll just get get a little workout in while I'm watching hockey. So it's a great way to pass the time. And uh, that's what I've been doing, Kyle. Matt's over there sweating during the game, sweating bullets, literally. He's over there Just sweating profusely. How's the game, boys? <laughs> so yeah. that's been a it's been a new way to go. But I've liked it so far. It helps keep me in shape a little bit. So a nice little way to possibly better myself. And you know, everybody's been cooped up in the house so long. It's nice to be able to go to the gym or get some kind of workout. And we're desperate for some kind of physical activity. So it helps me feel like I'm uh, being my old self again. The question I want to ask though is when you're ever watching the game, like take the Preds game and they get scored on, you get angry, do you pedal faster? Yeah. <laughs> it's like one of those like, hit it! <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? You know when you're playing oh, video yeah. games and it's like you got the relaxed mode, you got mode. the serious mode where you lean in. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, let me quit yeah, playing yeah, around. Quit playing around. <laughs> yeah. I've noticed, uh, I've tried to switch the game. Okay, it's, it's intermission, let me switch the game. And as I'm biking, I, I bring my laptop to my lap and try to switch over as I'm doing. It's a little hard to just juggle what a you, laptop while you're bicycling. What you got to do is though, as the pace of the game increases, you increase the pace of your bicycling. You so like the other night, Preds Carolina, you burned a ton of calories, you there know, you but go. the Columbus game, uh, it's a little slower, you know, yeah. do some hill training. There you go. <laughs> what does your wife think about this? Oh, she likes it. She's uh, got on a couple times too. So it's a good time. I can just see her making fun of you. Yeah. Oh yeah. So on the divisions this year, who do you think is going to win the North? Oh my! Oh, we're already on p- predictions here, so uh, I gotta. It's l- first episode, like, man. We gotta do this. I know, and I, I'm completely unprepared to make all my predictions. I, I will say, for the North, I'm gonna have to go with Toronto. I, I don't see how I cannot. A lot of people are saying Edmonton, but they've come out really flat. And I, as much as I want Edmonton to win, it, it, you'd think having like two of the highest point producing players in the entire league, literally like they have the two highest point producing players that eventually that team would say, you know what? We need some defensemen. Instead, they got Kyle Turris. So I I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. Their defense has still not proven to me that they can win a championship. So once again, I'm high on the Edmonton, but I'm going to say Toronto is going to come out. I think they have got such a deep roster this year, Toronto. 
Um, they got the veteran Joe Thornton there oh, too. It's so he's looking good with the leaf and the beard. It's oh, so uh, I'm gonna go with Toronto for the North, winning that division. I'm gonna go Dark Horse Ottawa. No, no, no. I like it, Kyle. No, I like it. <laughs> they're not winning the division. I they're like not winning it. the division. They might make the playoffs. Oh yeah, that's different. Might, that's a different yes. game. Winning, winning Hold the cup on. or winning the division. That's that's two different stories. No, no. Here's the deal: getting to the playoffs for them would be a good feat. Okay, and I'm gonna say they might make the playoffs. Okay, let's. But look, you also have Vancouver, who's strong. Calgary, who's strong. Vancouver, that's very interesting. And Edmonton. Vancouver also would be another dark horse pick. For, I love I love my young talent. I don't know if I'd call them strong, but uh, they're they're definitely dark. If they get in the playoffs, like you're, I say that you're screwed if they get in the playoffs. But we're talking winning the division, respect winning the game. The di- that's revening, a game. Winning the division, it is Toronto, All right. in my opinion. All right, Kyle, you got the dark horse, Ottawa. So I'm going to go with my team. The who Vancouver. I've been betting on for two years to do something Canucks. for me. I'm going with the Calgary Flames. No. It is your time to shine. Let me see it, boys. No. They let me down a couple years ago. They were a one seed, and uh, it's, it's they're getting one seed again, baby. They let everyone down that year. They should have won. Yeah. Anyway. So, uh, yeah, I like that we all got a different pick. So, That's Kyle, fun. put your money on the table because I'm taking more of it, son. Well, fine then, Matt. Pick your West. Oh, West. Oh, okay. This is an interesting one. Oh, it's oh, oh. Ooh, Actually, ooh. I was like, oh, it's obviously such and such, and then I, no, I got to look. I got to look at the rest of the teams. Mm. It's changed up, man. I mean, you got Vegas right now, six points leading yeah, the but division. You can't even you. You can't look at these. This is just three games. It's so it's really a show between Colorado or Vegas. Honestly, yes. yes. Um, it's going to be attractive. You know, I heard a, I heard a rumor today. The rumor mill is that Mark Andre Fleury could possibly be traded to Buffalo, and if that happens, I, I will die. <laughs> but uh, I will slowly impale myself on. That what's floor. he going to do? Back up Carter Hutton? Yeah, I don't know. I, I'll take Colorado. Whoa, I, I'm favor. I love Vegas, but I'll take Colorado. I've liked what I've seen the last few years. It's time for them. I'm going to say Colorado as well. I'm with Matt. It's time. I, okay, here's the deal. Like, I wanted Colorado to be there last year. Like, I, I thought they were there. Like, I, I, and that's the the part that frustrates me the most with Colorado. I'm on the fence on this one. It's Vegas to Colorado. Ah, I'm gonna go Colorado too. They uh. they look so good. They just they have such good talent there. I'm just gonna give them the slight edge over Vegas. I'm gonna regret that one. I think Vegas has a better defense. But if Flurry gets traded, then. I'm not liking that as much. Yeah. Because then they don't have the one-two punch combo for... I think that's also one of the reasons, like, Vegas has a great one-two combo as far as goalies. So, I, I feel like they're better equipped defense-wise for this year. Um, All right. So, as a team, we're saying Colorado, Colorado, baby. Give them the... What's it? The turkey frame, Kyle? Where everybody gets the, everybody gets the strike? Yes. Turkey. All right. Do you know what sport that's from? Of course. Oh You're Lord, looking at the bowling. former captain of the bowling team. True story. Also the president of the chess club and vice president of the hacky sack vice group. <laughs> <laughs> I did a lot of crap in high school, okay? Did you get that in the yearbook? <laughs> I don't know if it I made I wanted all three of those titles. <laughs> <laughs> all right then, Daniel. Central, who you got? Well, I mean, Tampa Bay. I'm sorry. Like, this is not close, really. I, I mean, you might could make the argument that Carolina, but it's Tampa Bay in this division. I'm sorry. Like, that is what it is. <laughs> I have no comment. They are the reigning champs. Um, they are returning mostly their core and they're healthier, too. So, <laughs> yeah, they're they're going to be good. Give it time. Give it time. Yeah, well, we'll see. Kucherov, if he makes it to the you know, game 20, I'll be surprised without some sort of ACL tear or some sort of knee injury. Matt? Uh, unfortunately, I think I will have to take the dark side and go Tampa Bay as well. Uh, like you said, it's it's a question of if they can have a healthy roster. I mean, Stamkos is always hurt as well, but they're just a powerhouse. Even Even missing pieces on their team, they're still dominant. And you know, Carolina will be a good team, but I don't think they'll have what it takes to uh, to eclipse Tampa Bay. They could get lucky in the playoffs against them, but uh, it's Tampa winning Bay. the division. Yeah, it's to Tampa. win the division, like, Tampa is a stronger <laughs> like team. They are what they are like. They pop out so much more than any team on this list. Like you can argue second, like it's it's kind of like, second through fourth is a very tight race. Honestly, 
like sec- actually second through fifth probably is really tight in this division. But one is a clear cut in this. It's kind of like in the playoffs, you want to pick the underdog, the guy that nobody picks because they're going to hopefully pop off and do something different. But to win the division, you have to go with the juggernaut because that's they have earned that respect of first place likely. And, and so we will agree. What about you, Kyle? I'm going to go Tampa too. Ah, full send again. Yeah. So just because we're in the central, who's finishing what? So if you had to pick second, third, fourth, fifth, all the way down through, you know, eight here, like who who are you sliding in? Like who's second in your opinion? I, I'm going to say Carolina. Yeah, I agree. I was going Carolina too. Okay, so one and two, we're, we're pretty much on. So third is an interesting pick. I would probably say Dallas. I agree. Just because of their defense. I, I think teams that have a better defense are going to do better this year because of goalie and the, a lot of the back-to-backs. You're going to have a lot of fatigue, so... What do you think, Kyle? Dallas? I'm going to go Columbus. Oh, I, I don't know. Columbus has not looked as good so far out. So now if we're into the fourth position, this is the interesting one because I either slot basically Nashville or Columbus in yeah. this fourth slot. I and agree. I think that it goes Columbus and Nashville four and five. And then from there, honestly, it just gets... It, so we I'll get, take... I'll be optimistic. I'll take Preds for Columbus five. I'm gonna take, I think take I think that's actually I, honestly having seen the Preds already, I'm very optimistic. So I'm probably going to take them for Columbus five now six seven eight. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, that's it's, that's the bottom of the barrel. This is the bottom, and like this is the crap show because it's like where I'll go ahead and you tell you, it's obvious Detroit will be in last, and then the You're question say, is, I thought they've played fairly well the no, first couple games. It, if you've seen, <laughs> yeah, yeah, all right, okay. Insider <laughs> Matt says they're they're eight. Okay. I'm going to say that um, I'm Chicago gonna, will be eighth. I was going to say. I might, I might give Chicago eight, and I might give the Red Wings seven. I, yeah. I, that's I'm what with I was Daniel on that. I was going to say, the, kind of the sleeper here is Chicago. The uh, sleeper of the worst. The sleeper <laughs> of the worst. People don't really understand yet. It hasn't come to fruition how bad Chicago is this year. It, it, people have known it in Detroit for a couple of years, but now it's Chicago fans are coming to this realization we may be the worst in the central and and that's very true i i could I could flip that's fine but uh I know you're coming in with basement expectations you know I just, I'll put it this way i'm gonna give <laughs> i'm gonna give Detroit eighth because if I if ask them it. to get seventh and they get eighth they're gonna disappoint me again and they're already the bottom of the barrel so still, if they if get seventh then you get seven, you're happy. And then I'm happy. So yeah. I'm going to limit my expectations exactly. with the hope that they can get seven. I'm going to say Chicago eight, Detroit seven, and I'm going to put Florida at a provisional six, six. even though they're still really yeah, bad too. Definitely. So it's like th- those bottom three are like, like, <laughs> like I said, it's two through five in the central is fun because it's basically anyone, anyone could end up in those two through five, in my opinion. But, uh, and those, you know, a few teams, but yeah. Who well, yeah. you guys are talking me into Detroit for seventh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna stay optimistic and let them prove me that I've liked they're what good. I've seen. Yeah, I like what I saw the other night. I'm just saying that's just we me. got a new captain in Detroit. Hey, things Larkin are was up, flying. Baby. He was flying everywhere the other night. <laughs> you got your powerhouses in the East, Matt. Oh. I'm gonna tell you right now. I'm just gonna go ahead. Finishing first, Capitals. I'm just gonna go it. Capitals, <laughs> Penguins second. <laughs> Oh man, you put the penguins. The penguins look like garbage this year, bro. <laughs> okay, they look, f- okay, they fine. They look like fine. garbage. Well, I mean, look at you got Pittsburgh currently is in eight. is in last place. <laughs> but I think Crosby will pick it up. I think he's he'll, not going to pick that whole team up. Yeah, that whole team has actually looked great the last two years, but uh, yeah, they're still in eighth currently. Um, but I'm not changing. I'm not, not changing capitals at first. Who wins? Man, this one's difficult. I okay. So I'm knocking Philly down a notch, and I'm knocking Boston down a notch this year. Definitely, because Boston has not looked good, and Philly, I don't think Hart's going to be as hot as he was in the postseason. So that's my mentality. So therefore, it only leaves me with Washington or the Islanders have to be a, a good sleeper. I, pick. I will I mean, say they got two shutouts. <laughs> I thought they had three, but I misread that uh, that stat <laughs> we, about them. <laughs> yes, we've we've had a heated debate over the three shutouts, but yes, it is only two because Varlamov had both back to back. Yes, that's what it was. They are they're looking great, but they've I, been involved in three shutouts. <laughs> <laughs> they still got the loss, but I will say this though: I'm very high on Trot. Um, their defense looks great. 
as usual with a trots team. And I think this year, defensive teams are going to be kind of like, I, I think that this year with the compressed schedule, defensive teams are going to be more inclined to win. So I, I'm going to go with, you know, I'm going with the Islanders. I like it. We'll see. Washington still probably top dog, but I, I'm liking defense this year. I'm leaning more in towards defense. So I'm going with New York Islanders for the division winner. I tell you what, let's send it, Daniel. I'm send taking it. the Islanders too, baby. <laughs> let's go. So I'm Capitals let's and you guys go. are both Islanders. That's right. Screw the Capitals. We're all yeah, in on the Islanders. Yeah, you're a fanboy. He's probably wearing his Ovechkin hoodie in the car. <laughs> so, no, he's checking. So, I don't know. No, I only wear my Capitals hoodie under the Preds Under my Preds jersey. jersey. Yes, we know. No shame. Channel Ovechkin to the Preds game. <sighs> well, it hasn't worked for any 40 goal scorers on our team, so... Hey, if Forsberg keeps scoring, he's on the pace for 56, 56 points. Oh. 56 goals. Yeah, 56 goals, my bad. On pace, 56 two games goals in. for 56 <laughs> <Okay>. games. <laughs> that would be an epic season, by the way. But Look, I'm bad at math. Everyone knows He's that. on pace for a goal a game. Yeah. Hey, why not? It's 2021, man. <laughs> Anything's possible. <laughs> so, Matt, you got any uh, facts for us where we close it down for the evening? Oh, you know me. I've always got a couple interesting facts and a couple stats to back it up as well. Uh, Minnesota's Kirill Kaprasov is only the third player in history to have an overtime goal in their uh, debut game in the NHL. And a uh, longtime homeboy favorite, uh, Shea Weber, has 103 power play goals, which lands him in 10th place all time for defensemen. And of course, we mentioned our beloved Jumbo Joe Thornton. He played in he played Ottawa the other day. And his first goal so against Ottawa, I think it was 1990, <laughs> whenever it was, but the team, uh, so he played against Ottawa, and at that time of his goal, the first, his entire, uh, at that time of that goal, the entire first line of Ottawa had not been born yet at the time of his first goal against the Senators. And he scored another one. Yeah. Against them, like... <laughs> 30 and, years later. And Jumbo has now, I believe it's 1,638 games under his belt, which is more than the entire top two lines of Ottawa combined. I'll put it like this. He scored that first goal before I was born. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's it, it's crazy how long. He, he is the man. So it's, uh, it's unusual to see him in that Maple Leafs jersey, but... Uh, He's still rocking it, man. Oh, yeah. I'm just holding out for the Sharks to re-sign him for just one final season. Just give him, like next year, for the love. Sharks. I do have a sticker. 600,000. Like, what are, what's the league minimum now? 650? Okay, whatever the league minimum is next year, sign him for just that one year. And then let him retire. And let him retire a champion yeah, that's the of the Sharks. Be. Let San Jose put a statue of him outside their stadium. With the beard. It would look fantastic, okay? Don't do none of this Lundquist garbage where we're currently sitting here waiting for him to recuperate from a heart surgery who's going to finish as a Washington Capitol. Oh, my Lord. That hurts me. So, anyway. So, Daniel, this is where I would ask you what our upcoming games are, but with the COVID protocols, we have no idea. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting this year. This segment might get cut. <laughs> um. But once again, it should be against the Stars, who were also in a huge lockdown um, with basically the first four games being postponed due to COVID protocol. Didn't they have some unreasonable amount of people? It was like, yeah, it was at least 12 or 15. 15. It's going to be really interesting uh, seeing how they slot them. And so say they make the playoffs. Well, how are they going to tabulate that considering they're going to miss the first 12 games or something? I think they're going to they're trying to reschedule them for more back to backs. Okay, because, it's gonna be because if it's gonna not, be they might have to go like a points per game to figure out where they rank in the standings. Or if they, yeah, if it comes to that. I mean, if it gets really bad and you start seeing a lot of cancellations where they can't physically fit them back in, they're going to go to a, a like a point percentage yeah. thing for sure. Now, I, I mean, the game last night against the Preds, it got canceled, but it's getting rescheduled right, for right. another back-to-back. So the Stars will get them, but it's just going to be really bad because they're going to have more back-to-back games than... Yeah than they did before. But yes, the next game is slated for the 22nd against Dallas. And then the one after that is on the 24th with Dallas. So we shall see where we actually end up uh, as far as game total for the end of the month. But it looks like we'll at least miss one. And then we should have two more against Chicago back-to-backs and then rounding it out with Tampa Bay on the 30th. 
And guys, that's the show for the day. Thank you so much for joining. Until next time, we'll see you on the ice. You've been listening to Music City Gold on the Penalty Box Radio Network. We'd love to interact with you on Twitter. The show can be found at Music City Gold. You can find Kyle at Kyle Hancock, Daniel at Steve Dan Drum, and Matt at MattBane31. Past episodes of the show can be found by subscribing to Music City Gold or Penalty Box Radio on iTunes or at PenaltyBoxRadio.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the ice.